Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Monday morning here on Birds 365. It is Monday. I'm not sure how good it is. I know it's not very good from a San Francisco 49er perspective. And unfortunately, I don't know how good it is from a Philadelphia Eagle perspective. And that is the one that we're concerned with most, most here on Birds 365. But yeah, they finished up the season yesterday, Johnny Mac. I guess that Patrick Mahomes guy is pretty good, huh? He's he's having himself. Yeah, how about uh, giving him the ball in overtime with a chance to win? A lot of uh, second guessing with uh, our, our buddy Kyle Shanahan, and uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, by the way, I hate the rules. I'll I'll start there. The over legislation of this league, and I say that because I saw so many people on social media had no idea what was going on. And obviously the broadcast didn't explain the new rules and they changed the rules from the regular season to the Super Bowl rule. It's, it's just a giant, you know what, but nonetheless, I couldn't believe how many people were saying, and he's letting the clock run down. <laughs> They're not going to have enough time. Uh, you just got to flip it over to the second quarter. Um, in overtime and they would have been fine but a, a lot of people didn't even realize that and i say that because i don't know if the 49ers understood the rules when they took the football uh because it's more of a college mindset you want to take the ball second because you want to know what you have to do and you have the four downs you can imagine being Let's say you're third and one at the 34 right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. They obviously the touchback. You get the you get nine yards and you're fourth and one. What do you do with that situation? Well, you got to go for it, but you lose the game if you don't get it. I just don't like the thought process. I don't like the way they handled it. 
convoluted answer after the game. Well, if it went to a third possession, we were tied. We wanted a chance to win it. Okay, but I think that was – I really question whether they understood what was going on. I really do, Jody. Yeah, Obviously, you're not going to admit it, but – Yeah, I don't know if Shanahan knew or didn't know, but that's that's – coaching malpractice you you have to take the football and for those oh nobody ever did the, they've been doing this in college for years now college is slightly different because yeah in overtime you you get it first uh you score the other team scores then they flip the order so you have the ball basically for two possessions in a row and that would not be the case here that's the only leg that you have to stand on as far as defense well if we both score the same then we get the ball first then we could win via a field goal no, that is well outweighed by the advantage that the team that has it second has. You know exactly how many points you have to score, and there's no fourth down decisions. You're going for it on every fourth down up until you either yeah. tie it again and or take the lead and win like Patrick Mahomes does. Seems like every time he's in this situation, and that's part of it too. If you're how if you're Kyle Shanahan and you know there are three outcomes, you uh, have to punt you kick a field goal or you score a touchdown. Only one of them is acceptable. You have to score a touchdown because you know, if you give it to Patrick Mahomes, chances are he's going down the field with fourth down every single time. Of course, he's going to score a touchdown, which he did. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's coaching malfeasance out of uh, Kyle Shanahan, which I'll give you credit because you've said since you and I started doing birds 365, he's the best play caller, play designer in the National Football League. But far as the other important aspects of being a head coach in the National Football League, he's not good. No, he's not, not not great, not as good as no. a play call. He's not good, period. He's a bad head coach. His saving grace is his ability to call plays and design an offense. In the first half, he let 30 seconds run off the clock when he should have called the timeout to try and give himself a chance to get the ball back. They got back. There was three seconds left. They ran one play. They went to the locker room. He should at least given himself a chance. Those things that coaches have to do, make decisions in game. He's terrible at it. He's terrible at it. Yeah. I And, and by the way, I don't want to put it all on the coach. You know me. I think people, you know, when you do, and I agree with all that I, I would have taken the football. And if you don't take the football, I'm going for it on fourth and four. I know it's long. It's it's not a good uh, uh, percentage that you're going to convert, but at least you have them backed up and maybe they get a little bit conservative and maybe somebody can make a play on defense. So I disagree with all the decision-making. I'm with you. Terrible game management. That's why I tell people all the time they get too bogged down and play call. Oh, you got to have a play call. You got. If yeah, guess what? If somebody's bogged down, play to play, play call, they make these types of mistakes. Right. I had to look at uh, San Francisco because I've heard it from coaches who do call plays, and they say, "Well, we have a game management specialist, and he's in my ear, and he's the one doing it." And the 49ers do have one. His name is August Mangin. So August Mangin might get a little bit of the criticism too, um, because you got to be in the coach's ear and explaining situations to him when he's bogged down. By the way, making some great play calls and play designs during the game. He is phenomenal at it, but he's terrible at game management. He always has been. Um, and it and it, you know, it it raised its ugly head uh at the worst moment um overtime. 
Yeah, it sucks they changed the rules. It sucked. It's not sudden death, but that's what it is. That's what the rules are now. I hate they changed the rules, but they are what they are. And everybody knows it, or you should know it. You're supposed to know it. McNabb at, at the end of the day. And I gotta I I can't prove it, Jody, because they said what they said, but I got an inkling thought that they didn't understand what was going on. I really, really believe that in my core. Can't prove it, just speculation, but I really believe that that organization, and it's not just Kyle Shanahan, as I explained, and that's egregious. If that's the case, that's egregious. Right. It it does pick your poison. You made the wrong decision or you didn't know the rules. Fireable feds either way. Doesn't make a difference to me. That's that's unacceptable out of an organization, out of a head coach. And by the way, you're whispering in your ear. I don't care who the hell it is. Can't do it. And that doesn't mean and I want to take the players off the hook. And Patrick Mahomes is great. And we'll say uh, uh, Patrick is unbelievable. That doesn't mean you can't stop and make a play. And, you know, it's late in the game and they were tired and they went right down the field. I think Mahomes was eight for eight. Nick Bosa, for a long part of the game, I thought he was going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl, which is an unbelievable accomplishment for a defensive player any year. Uh, I think he had 10 pressures and, you know, maybe just wore down. But somebody can make a play. So I'm not I'm not going to put it all on the coaches. I always say good times, bad times, and different times. Players always come first. Players still come first here. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City does a tremendous job. On the other hand, San Francisco kind of fell apart. And by the way, Eagles fans, speed in, speed out, whatever Andy's calling it this week, corn dog, I think he calls it, or uh, Tom and Jerry, I think Peter King said this week. Whatever you want to call it, that speed in, speed out motion, and he's got two uh, picks uh, built in. Talk about play design. It ain't that easy. Now, granted, the Eagles blew the coverage, but it ain't that easy to cover that, especially when you're in man-to-man coverage. And the likes of uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and McCall Hardman. And the, the only big play, Mahomes really didn't do much in the first half. He wasn't really all that he didn't good. Didn't do anything. Yeah. The only big play he had was basically tossing it up for grabs, and Hardman just happened to be in better position to adjust to the ball to make the fifty-six yard. What a good play! No, um, Gibson. If Gibson had any ball awareness, he he just didn't track the ball. Exactly. That was the safety that would have been an interception if he if he tracked the ball properly. Now. Sometimes you take a shot and it worked out for you. Yeah, I mean, that's why the 49ers uh, defense in the first half was tremendous, and I didn't expect that because they weren't playing well in the playoffs coming up to that point against Green Bay, against Detroit. And all of a sudden, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner was amazing. Um, Best linebacker in football. Uh, They did a tremendous job early in that game, but they gave – they gave Patrick Mahomes the ball too much and, and they wore down. And, and when he's got the ball in his hands that much, you're going to start to wear down. And I think that's what happened. For the longest period of time, Jason Kelsey had one catch for one yard. And then Jason Kelsey became Jason Kelsey and just Travis. Well, Jason was Jason. Jason. Yeah, Jason was Jason was Jason as well. I got got Jason on the mind because at some point we're going to talk about me having to do a 180 and say, yeah, that whole thing about I thought he was coming back 
after this week, I'm doubting that highly and the reasons why I've, I've changed my position there. But sorry, I meant Travis. Um, the huge plays they made in the fourth quarter and overtime uh, and him immediately dismissing any thoughts of uh, retirement. His brother may retire. He's not retiring. He's going for a three-peat. John has never, never yeah. been a three-peat in the National Football League. It has not happened and the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Travis Kelsey have a chance to pull that off next year, which is amazing. All right, we got to get the Eagles here in the first segment before we, before we punch up our buddy, um, uh, Jeff Kerr. Jeff Kerr. Um, and we'll put Jason Kelsey on the back burner. We'll get back to him, although that really does uh, – it bothers me. It should bother every Eagle fan. I'm not uh, saying anything bad about Jason Kelsey, just the fact that it's not good that he is now, I think, uh, heavily leaning toward retirement. The Hassan Reddick deal, uh, the, the reporting on it, came yesterday morning late. And I was on the air on WIP with Glenn Macnow at the time. I, I didn't know it was going to come yesterday. You knew at some point it was coming. You knew that Hassan Reddick had to redo his deal from both his own perspective. He's woefully underpaid after the season he had last year. And from the Eagles' perspective, because they do the deals the way they do the deals with voidable years and the like. So he is the number one cap hit coming into the season as of right now at $21 million. And they don't want that cap hit, which means they've got to redo the deal and push more money down the road into the future. I guess Hassan got the party started early and he and his agent have been negotiating with the Eagles and they have not made good progress. So the Eagles had to say, yeah, if you want to go out and see what's on the market for you and you want to check into a trade market, Howie Roseman letting Hassan Reddick's agent do his job, as a matter of fact. Um, it's not a good indication of, of him staying here. It doesn't slam the door on him being here. There is still certainly the chance that they can work out a contract. Sometimes a guy goes out and finds out the market isn't what he and his agent are, are portraying it to be. It's not good, Johnny Mac. This is not uh, – it's more bad than good, I guess, is the way I would state it at this point. How about you? Um, yeah, not necessarily. I mean, uh, uh, it's it's not great from the perspective if you want uh, Hassan back and if you want a deal worked out and you want everything to be easy and amicable. But uh, they've been through this before. They, were, they went through it with Terry Slade last year. They told him, you know what, go look. Go look around and see what you're about now. A little bit different because Slay is much older, much longer into his career. Reddick um, is will turn 30, I believe, in September. Um, so it, it, it's kind of complicated. And the Eagles are basically saying, "All right, you think we're lowballing you? Go look to see if we're lowballing you." Um, and I don't think the Eagles are lowballing them. So I think it's one of those situations where. When Hassan and his representatives from CAA look around and they say, well, you know what, there's some other edge rushers out there and you might get pushed down a little bit and you're going to turn 30. And I think the hope from the Eagles standpoint is they'll see we're not being unreasonable Um, and they'll come back and they'll work out an extension. I think that's the hope, but you pointed out, I'm glad you pointed out, even from the Eagles perspective, obviously Hassan has outperformed his contract and, you know, 
if you all go all the way back to training camp last year, we joked the situation. People were talking about the situation. There were a couple players holding in last year because of the changes, holding in because you get fined so much. So you basically show up to camp and you pretend you're injured and you try to work out a deal behind the scenes. Daniel Hunter was one of those who's one of those pass rushers we're talking about. Who had a much bigger year is probably in line to make much more money on the free agent market. So that's, that's somebody Hassan's got to deal with. He held in last year. So he showed up to camp with a groin injury and a lot of, a lot of people were speculating while well, he's trying to get more money because he vastly coming off 2022 and the run to the Super Bowl vastly outperformed this contract. He had 19 and a half sacks in 19 games. I mean, he was a dominant, dominant player in the Eagles run to the Super Bowl. Turns out he really had a groin injury and he showed his professionalism and he and he came in, I think was the third practice, and he continued to practice. And then he broke his thumb, if you remember, and those first I don't know, three games maybe he was playing with the cast and he wasn't right. effective. And then he turned it on. Um, and he's had double digit sacks in four consecutive seasons. He's been a really productive player. Um, and he's never been paid like a top of the line edge rusher. And he's been a top of the line edge rusher. So I get the frustration from his standpoint. Boy, last year was probably the moment to try to seize it. He should have held in, is what I'm trying to say. He he should have coming off that season. Now coming off this season, he was good, but he had the broken thumb. You know, he struggled down the stretch like the whole team did with the ship to Matt Patricia, like the whole defense did. And now he doesn't have as much leverage. That's why I never blame players, man. You got to seize the moment because the moment, if you don't seize the moment, the moment could be gone pretty quickly. But I don't think the Eagles are being unreasonable. And I think Hassan will see that and we'll see what happens from there. But the Eagles aren't going to trade him unless they get major compensation and major salary cap relief. So it's going to be difficult. I know. Well, the salary cap relief is what it is. Um, they're they're going to take a hit. Uh, it's... They can wait till after June 1st, can use a June 1st designation so as to break it up over two years. There'll be less this year and more the year after. So it's either you do it and you take the hit or you don't do it because you think the hit's too much. Uh, But the compensation part, what do you think they get for Hassan Reddick turning 30, one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League, but the new team is going to have to pay him $24, $25, $26 million dollars. You think they're getting a one for Hassan Red? No, I don't. I okay. don't. So uh, then- not uh, not especially at that number. I don't think he's getting that though. And that's I think the Eagles hope is that um he goes out there much like Slay did, and you know, the numbers are 18, 19, much more manageable than that. Uh, and they work out some kind of an extension where Howie and Jake Rosenberg can, you know, start over, uh, add years, put on voidable years, and make the cap number much more manageable. I think that's the long-term goal and the long-term hope. I don't think this is by any estimation that the Eagles have said, all right, we're going to trade Hassan Reddick. No. They're just, they just don't want an angry player in the building who they think – you know, who thinks they're being unfair. They want him to go see, go see what the market is. 
which sometimes you end up getting a deal done like they did with Slay, and sometimes <laughs> you're basically thrown up against the wall and you have to move on from a player you don't want to move on from because, yeah, you misread the market. And there was a team that was willing to go to uh, upwards of $23, $24 million per year. It's going to play itself out. We'll have to see. But it puts the Eagles kind of moves Howie season up, getting underway a little quicker than maybe Howie Roseman wanted. It is always Birds 365 season here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And again, I noted this last week, show number 700. This is our 700 Birds 365. Just happens to fall on the day after the Super Bowl. We'll talk about both the Eagles and the Bowl with our buddy Jeff Kerr, our Monday uh, Monday morning uh, staple. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got Mac and Mac with our buddy Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. The end of game, Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown pass. Kansas City Chiefs win back-to-back Super Bowls, have a chance to re- three-peat next year. What was the first thing you thought of, Jeff Kerr? Corn dog. Corn dog. Tom and Jerry this year, uh, Jeff. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Whatever reason, that's what Andy called it this year. Yeah, I don't know why. It's the same concept. It's speed just, in, speed out. Yeah, yeah. speed exactly. in, speed out. And he's got that built-in two, essentially two picks. So it's it's impossible. I'm surprised more people don't use it. I I remember covering the Vikings, but Chris Carter used to do that all the time. Speed in. Now they weren't as advanced back then. It was basically you just get the corner going one way and you zip back the other way, and he would get to the pylon. The Chiefs have taken it to another level, but Eagles fans should realize it ain't that easy to deal with. Uh, you may think it, and you just say, oh, you got us with it once. Don't do it again. Ain't that easy. They you keep know, doing it. You know, John, it's funny. I didn't expect to wake up this morning and see people comparing Kyle Shanahan to Doc Rivers, but it is kind of funny. Yeah, well, the overtime stuff, and by the way, we we're talking, I, I don't know how much you heard, Jeff, but uh, Lindsey Jones uh, from The Ringer now did a story this morning uh, who, and 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 she reported, and obviously she was there, uh, multiple 49ers players said after the game they were not aware of the new yeah. overtime rules. That tells me the coaching staff was not aware. The Chiefs, on the other hand, had been planning for the scenario. Chris Jones said they were going to go for two had San Francisco scored a touchdown and they came back to score a touchdown. I'm convinced they had no freaking idea what the rules were in the moment. I am convinced, Jeff Kerr. Am I wrong? Yeah. Oh, no, you, you are 100, 1,000% right, John. So this is what... I talked to current Chiefs players, former Chiefs, Eagles players on this. They have told me they've never seen a coach that pays more attention to detail on anything than Andy Reid does. When I was talking to a couple of Chiefs players at the, the AFC Championship game, they're like, "He's he doesn't even have like a spreadsheet. It's just, it's all in here. Like, okay, so if this happens, we're going to do this. If this happens, we're going to do this. And I'm, I'm – Convinced that's how it was in overtime. They were probably shocked the 49ers chose to receive. And uh, I'm sure they would have been. Yeah. I, I was shocked. <laughs> the running joke last night was they wanted to score before the second overtime, so they had to walk all the way down the field to do it. <laughs> yeah, that, that that I won't blame them for, but I'm I'm sorry, Coach Annan. That's just malfeasance. You can't you can't not know the rules of engagement before a game starts. You just can't. Even though they've changed them, this is the second year of the new world. You gotta know that. You have to. You can't not know that. And that's just egregious that they did that. And I'm sorry, the whole oh, but if both teams score a touchdown, then we all of a sudden have an advantage. Jeff just told you, wouldn't have gotten there. The Chiefs would have gone for two. They had already planned it out that they were going for two, that the game was going to end on either a Patrick Mahomes pass, run, whatever. 
They're going to either win or going to lose. You're never getting the ball third. Kansas City had already decided if the 49ers open up with a touchdown, they're going for a touchdown and going for two. So that tells you one team was prepared for the overtime under the new rules, relatively new, two years running, and the other one wasn't. And just shame on the 49ers uh, for that. That's awful. Um, Patrick Mahomes now elevates himself into the conversation. It doesn't really change for me because Brady is the greatest of all time, and Patrick Mahomes is the only one you can have talk conversation to talk about who's in chase of him. How much ground did he make up with this going back to back? Uh, he made up a lot of ground. Uh, so if we want to talk about greatest quarterbacks ever before age 30, it's Patrick Mahomes. He is the only quarterback to win two league MVPs and three Super Bowl MVPs before turning 30. It's he, him and Andy Reid already have 15 career postseason wins together. Only Brady and Belichick have more. Um, I believe in terms of playoff rankings among quarterbacks it's among quarterback wins it's Brady it's Brady Montana is 16 and Mahomes is 15 15 yeah, yeah but he's got a ways to go to catch. yeah he's got a long way and and we gotta remember something Tom Brady did most of his damage in his 30s the guy had a yeah. Hall of Fame career in his 30s maybe even the goat what are, what is Tom? I think Tom's at 36 is that right am I right Jeff you're the stat guy it's yeah it's 36 36 yeah that's what to go as great as uh, Patrick Mahomes has been, and he's been great, he's been the best quarterback in NFL history through six seasons um, as a starter. He's not even halfway there when it comes to playoff wins. That's how astonishing. So longevity's got to come into it. And our buddy Clark Judge says all the time that uh, it's never been easier to play the quarterback position because of how they protect. And he's right. But I'll tell you, I get – I give Patrick Mahomes credit. He's so savvy. He's so smart. Like, he understands players aren't going to take shots at him in the open field. So he'll take the extra yards. He'll cut inside instead of going outside. And he knows they're going to ease up because they don't want the 15 yards. Now, it's a risk because you never know when somebody's going to go rogue and take a shot at you. But, boy, he's just so savvy when he's doing that stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch. He's just... He's number one, and, you know, the runner-up, you can argue, but they're not close. This is where I kind of separate the whole Mahomes-Brady thing right now. When Brady got his first three, and I've heard this from players that played against him and with him, they never thought Brady was the best quarterback in the going into those games. Like, Kurt Warner was obviously – he was the MVP that year year he faced Brady. Yeah, well, Brady um, was young, too. Yeah, you know. and, you know, there were a lot of Patriots players that were convinced you had to stop Donovan McNabb to beat the Eagles. when they. And remember, there was a time where it was, okay, Brady, yeah, Brady is – he's top five, but he's not Tom Brady. Like, you know, McNabb was in that conversation. Uh, Peyton Manning was in that conversation. Drew Brees wasn't at that level yet, but Brett Favre was in that conversation. It was like, okay, where's Brady sit? Because it was Belichick's defense, and then Tom Brady got Randy Moss, and everything changed. Agreed, and kicked Brady up to another level, and Mahomes just kicks it up each and every single time. And Johnny, your point about the run, that that'll kind of probably be forgotten, but that was as big a play as any in all oh, yeah. time when he took off oh, and made yeah. the play with his legs, and he is certainly capable of doing that. 
He's not Michael Vick. He's not even uh, Jalen Hurts. But when he really needs to, he can absolutely take off and make plays with it. Like a very underrated portion of uh, his uh, game is the fact that he's, well, he's great moving around in the pocket. And that way he and Brady are exactly alike. They know just when to step, just when to lean, give themselves an angle. But he can also uh, make a play with his legs. All right. So congrats to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're more worried about the Philadelphia Eagles. Hassan Reddick wants out, Jeff Kerr. We saw this coming, right? This should come as no surprise. We knew he was going to hit at some point. Did it have to hit the Sunday of the Super Bowl? Uh, why, why do you think this became this a situation known. yesterday? This has been known. Uh, you know, that, that's just typical national media reporter stuff up. It's Sunday, so we got to report news. Doesn't matter what it is. And yeah. The situation. I, I, yeah, yeah, the situation. There you go, John. I, I, I mean, Jody, it's as simple as this. It, it's pay me or, or trade me. And I, when you look at the top edge rushers in the league, the Miles Garrett, TJ Watts, they're getting paid, what, $25 million a year? Do we think Asan Rags worth that much? I don't. I don't. But I, I think he's underpaid. I think he should I be in the 18-19 range, and I think that's where the Eagles want to go, and I think he wants to be paid like he's Miles Garrett or somebody of that nature. Um, so I think that's sort of the disconnect, and that's where the Eagles say, all right, go check, and if somebody's willing to pay you um, and willing to give up that compensation, remember, on top of it, that's going to make it very unlikely. So it's not like the Eagles have left themselves in a lurch because even if somebody was willing to say, Ah, we'll pay you $25 million. They're not going to give up much in compensation and back, and then it becomes difficult to trade. Where that can blow up in your face, though, is Hassan realizes somebody would pay him that money, and that, right. could, that could make a, a, a difficult conversation. So it's a gamble. It's a calculated gamble, but it's worked before, and the Eagles usually have a pretty good understanding of the market. They they do, and that's tends to when they pull the trigger – and they did it with Slay, and it worked out for him. And Slay went out there, looked, and said, oh, I better come back. You know, I'm I, I beginning to wonder if the whole Sonrak being a sack artist uh, will help his cause in getting what he wants because it's just him and Miles Garrett with 10 sacks in each of the last four years. I wonder if the team's going to look at that and say, you know what, we kind of need a pass rusher on our team, but we need a, a finisher. and." Hassan Wright can definitely do that. Now I, I just begin to wonder if the Eagles would part ways from him. Where do they go from here? Because it's Josh Sweat, Nolan Smith, and you tell me. And maybe returning BG. Uh, that That's all they have. And BG, of course, is a, a free agent. You have to resign him. I don't think that would be a problem. But And you saw a little the digression in, in BG this past year. The guy that scares me is Rashawn Gary, who got a new contract this offseason uh, to stay with the Packers. Rashawn Gary's not as good as Hassan Reddick, plain and simple, as far as I'm concerned. He's a good edge player, very good edge player, not as good as Hassan Reddick, and he just got a uh, new contract for $24 million a year. Uh, if you're Hassan Reddick, how do you ask for less? You can't. You know you're a better player. Now, Gary's a couple of years younger, and it was his first foray into free agency. This will be Hassan's second, but that's my starting point is $24 million, and I'm not coming off it much. You think the Eagles are going to be willing to go that high for Hassan Reddick? I don't think so because they have a 
they have other needs. Um, you know, John, I I may have caught the tail end of this. Did you say Hassan should have held in last year? Because I I, I would yeah. agree with you. That's what yes. you said. Yeah, he should have held in. He should have, and and that was the speculation when he showed up uh, with a groin injury. We were all thinking, because most notably, I remember Hunter, but there was somebody else who held in as well. There are a couple players because you get fined pretty drastically now, so you can't hold out like you used to. Um, and he held in, got a new deal, only a one-year deal, and now he'll be a free agent and be able to cash in. Daniel Hunter, I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, Reddick, you know, showed to his credit, showed some professionalism, uh, went through it, knew he was underpaid. But boy, when you have 19 and a half sacks in 19 games and you're clearly the best defensive player on the NFC champions, and what was he, fourth in defensive yeah. player of the year voting? Yeah. That yeah. was the time to seize the moment, hold to, in. To me, you were the reason the 49ers made every single excuse in the book why you well, exactly. last year. He wrecked that game. He wrecked the NFC Championship game. I should have mentioned that. Well done, Jeff. He wrecked yeah. that game. What what I got upset about when Hassan Reddick said he was underpaid was how much people were upset he said that. That's a distraction. I said, but I didn't see Hassan Reddick be a distraction to this football team the entire season. No. He, like I said, he showed tremendous professionalism. Now, he didn't talk to us, the media, as much. So you knew he was a little bit upset. You knew something was a little bit off, but he never did it in a public way. Um, he never became that disgruntled player behind the scenes. I think if you looked at him in his effort, it was the same. He just didn't have as good as his season. And a lot of reasons for that. They didn't have as much talent around him. Uh, other guys weren't performing, and that's why I never, I never fault players for holding in or doing because these teams will cut you in a heartbeat if they don't think you're performing. So I thought that was his leverage point, and I thought he should have used it to be honest. And now the leverage point is gone, at least a little bit. Um, and to Jody's point with Rashad Gary, yeah, I don't, I don't know if NFL teams think that way because Rashad's like, I don't know. 260, um, somewhere in that range. Yeah, like 6'4", right? Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh, he's younger. As Joe mentioned, he's only 26, so that factors into Hassan's going to be 30. 27 now. Uh, Rashawn, yeah. Um, so when he signed the contract, though, uh, so that's different. Uh, I, John, then, of- then do me a favor. Give me the comparable guy. If you're saying height, weight, uh, certainly age plays well, into it. I get it, that. It, it, but who's the comparable guy who signed recently off the edge that uh, numbers are in the same ballpark with the Sons? That's the problem. Hassan Reddick's such a unique player, and this is what the Eagles tried to do with Nolan Smith. He's so undersized yet so effective. I remember we were talking, like, is this going to be a concern when the Eagles signed? They had so many uh, lighter bodies, and it, it worked out well. It didn't affect them. They had lighter bodies at linebacker. They had a light body. It was concerned. Can they stop the run? They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Now, you know, people say they didn't stop them running the Super Bowl. But, you know, they, they had a very good season defensively. I, I don't think we need to re-legislate that as much as people hate Jonathan Gannon. They were really, really good defensively. I, I don't know. That's part of the problem. And I think that's what the Eagles – oh, 
And you could see the Eagles saw this coming, right? That's why they drafted Nolan Smith. And they're like, we'll just draft another Hassan Reddick. Well, he wasn't another Hassan Reddick. They, they might be drafting another edge rusher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way this um, and they did that at wide receiver too. So you keep doing it until you get it right. But yeah, to Jody's point, I don't know, because Hunter's age-wise is the same, but he's much bigger. He's much more physical and he's much, and he's going to get more. Uh, now he's had an injury history, so maybe that affects him. Um, but when he's healthy, he's been more consistent as well. He's about he's he's a comparison for the age. Um, but again, I I don't know if there's many Hassan Reddick body types out there, and that worries NFL people. Obviously, it worries the Eagles, and he keeps producing. That's why he's got a chip on his shoulder. Because people pe- keep bringing this stuff up, and people can blame me, but NFL doesn't matter. I bring it up. NFL teams bring it up. Yep. So that's I, part of the problem. You know what frustrated me a lot about Hassan Reich last year, and, and this isn't Hassan Reich's fault, but the reason why he was labeled a bust those first couple years with the Cardinals is because they well, asked playing him out to of play. Position. Yeah, yeah, it's playing out of position, and then the Eagles did it a little bit at time, not often, but they did nah. it, and I'm like. That's not his game. Just let him do what he does best. Let let Hassan Reddick sack the quarterback. I, I, whether you like it or not, that's what he gets paid to do. I, I thought that was overblown. I don't know about you guys, but dropping in a coverage seven times a game—that's not a big deal. I think it was people, three last year, though. Yeah, but and and people used to kill Gannon for it. it's the most. It's the least he ever dropped in his career. I mean. Ever since Dom Capers unveiled the zone blitz, people drop. Uh, uh, you know, is it is it a little bit too much? Sure, but I don't think it's that crazy. But I get I I'm trying to look at the edge. John, I guess do, I, do you think we're going to see a shift based on what happened in that Super Bowl last night? I mean, Steve Spagnuolo brought out the old Jim Johnson playbook and said, "You know what?" And now, Grant, not every team has Trent McDuffie to do this, but I got to quarterback that could get after the quarterback and just cause him a, a nightmare of pain. Brock Purdy was two of six on third down last night when, when they sent. Yeah. that Well, they were, San Francisco had a real difficult time on third downs. I, you know, I thought, Hey, I, I said, I picked the chiefs to win the game. I was pretty close. I picked them to win uh 27, 23. So it was close. I was 30, 24. Um, <laughs> But I said, and Jody can attest to this, I said if Brock Purdy plays a clean game, San Francisco's got a chance to win. He played a clean game, so yeah, you can give Brock yeah, Purdy yeah. credit. Um, Patrick didn't play a clean game. Uh, Brock did. I, I thought he was let down a little. I thought Debo had a bad game. Now he had a hamstring. Um, in Maybe that I thought Kittle had a bad game. I'll add on to this for you, John. So Brock Purdy was 8 of 20. When he was targeting Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, George Kittle. Yeah, I think Ayuk was fine. I think McCaffrey, the numbers weren't great, but I thought McCaffrey was great. Uh, I thought Jawan Jennings was their number three playmaker. He was he was the MVP with nine minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah. He had a touchdown pass and a touchdown reception. Forget yeah. Patrick Mahomes, forget Brock Purdy, forget Devo Samuel, forget Isaiah. He was the MVP with nine minutes to go in the game, Juwan Jennings. Yeah, he, he had a great game. Um, yeah, I, I thought Brock did enough to win. 
you know, there weren't many big plays. I think their longest pass play was 24 yards, something like that. And that was, um, was that the McCaffrey play or was, was it the Yeah. 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 But that by, was, by the way, that was Brock Purdy's best play when he had two guys in his face that just dumped it off. I was, yeah. I was like, what a play. Like, they just even get the ball to one. And he, he threw it forward about a foot and a half. Yeah. But it was still a great play because he had to get rid of the football. He had to perfectly lead him out there. And McCaffrey, being the speed back that he is, made the play down the sideline. So even though, how long did he throw it? He threw it a foot. It doesn't matter. It's still a great pass by Purdy. And uh, the... You're right. That Spagnolo's got to get a ton of credit for this. He really did make Purdy's life a living hell. This is Johnny Mac's art, uh, argument. You know, I'm a sack guy. John John gives more credence to pressures. Oh, that was a pressure game. He didn't have a chance. And Purdy's one of the best in football, getting rid of the ball quickly. Even at that, like 1.8 seconds, and a cornerback's in his face. Who the yeah, hell by is the way, get open in 1.8 seconds. By the way, Jennings was open for a touchdown it on was. the third down play, and Chris Jones just got there, just got there too quick. He was open. Uh, if he had a tick more, he had beat. I forget right. who the he, corner was on the play. Is the way I would say it. he would have been open. He had potential separation. The ball was already out of Purdy's hands because Jones was in his face. He had to throw the ball yeah. before he officially yeah. got open, but he could have gotten open. That's just dynamite defense. Uh, what you know what's unique about that Chiefs defense? And, again, this is talking to them last year, talking to them at the AFC Championship game this year. There isn't a single cocky player on that. The, the, the cocky players on the team are the quarterback and the tight end. The rest of them are the, like Chris Jones. Yeah, I was going to say the tight end's pretty cocky. Oh, he was cocky with Berman last night. Right. Uh, but by, by the way, Mahomes had the most savage quote out of anybody last night. I wonder how they're going to change the rules in overtime for us again. Yeah. Well, they won, they won both ways. That's what he said. Yeah, that was the savage part. So, yeah, somebody will complain. Well, the 49ers, you know, people in Philadelphia think they complain. I guess they do complain. They do. But, uh, you know what? It's um, not just people from Philadelphia. This is I, – I again, I didn't realize this, but everybody in the NFC West says it too. Like, I had a couple – Rams people. Well, I think Eagles fans overblow it a little bit, but, but, you know, the point is, um, you know, yeah. Did the 49ers get screwed by old school rules? Yes, they got screwed, but that those are the rules. You got to understand the rules. They changed the rules because who was complaining? Buffalo? Was it the Buffalo game? Yeah. Because it yeah. was the Buffalo uh, Mahomes, game. Well, yeah. Mahomes beat hey, Buffalo. Uh, beat yeah. Worry yeah. about that. I had to point this out to a couple people. I said, Boy, I think that Ethically, the Chiefs complained first because, remember, they lost the overtime in the Patriots in 2018. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, the NFL's got to stop that because people whine. Stop it. There's a great family guy gag where somebody complains <laughs> about something on TV and they say one complaint equals one billion people. In the, and, and, and I feel like everybody believes this. Stop listening to these morons. Stop it. And just, they should have never changed the rules in the first place. But now that they've changed it, because they're going to hear that ground swell again. Oh, you got to change it. You got to change it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just stop. Stop it. I I don't, I think the only ground swell will be for what the hell was Kyle Shanahan thinking. Uh, You got to know the rules. If it, uh, you have to have it uh, stated on SportsCenter every night for three weeks. 
Here are the new rules and the playoffs in the National Football League. You got to do what you got to do to this, get it out This just there. came to me, too, with Kyle Shanahan. So he's blown a double-digit lead in every Super Bowl. I was pointed this out last night. He also blew a double-digit lead in the NFC Championship game, too, and uh, when they lost to the Rams a couple years ago. Well, I, a, I'm, a yeah, I'm, 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 I'm done. And Jody knows this. I can't stand when people blame coaches. He blew a lead. No, he didn't, Jeff. He's not on the damn field. Somebody can make a play at some point. Somebody can make, even if a coach makes a dumb decision like Kyle Shanahan did yesterday, the player still had a chance to go on the field. How long was that drive? How many plays was that drive? I know Mahomes was A to B. Which one? The the 49ers drive was drive. The, uh, the, the winning drive winner. is 13. The winning 13 drive is 13 plays. Play. You have 13 plays to make a play. You can do something. You had a fourth and one. You can step up there and close and win the Super Bowl. John, I'll add on to this, and I said this the Monday of Super Bowl week and got ripped by 49ers Nation. It's time for these trash talkers on that team to show up. That and they did it. It's time. Like, I know you want to blame Shanahan, and I'm okay if you do it, but – Debo Samuel, put up or shut up, dude. You had 11 yeah, he, targets he didn't in the have Super a good, Bowl. He didn't have yeah. a good game. And I'll tell you who made them pay. Fletcher Cox. He said, hey, I got one. Yeah, you know. Fletch, Fletch, oh, uh, man, Fletch went off. Here's, here's where it's different for me. He made an egregious decision. Uh, on an I agree day, with that. Every game basis, that. it's always the players above the coaches. We give the coaches a little bit too much credit when they win, a little bit too much blame when they lose. In this particular game, it you are well within your rights to say, what the hell were you thinking about, Kyle Shanahan? I, I started the show agreeing with you. I, I think it was an egregious decision. Now, we all but we all say coaches, and you hear this all the time about Nick Sirianni, you hear it ad nauseum. He didn't put players in a position to succeed. You gotta you gotta lift up play. Whatever, whatever. Blame all blame whoever you want because you don't want to blame your favorite players. I'm saying somebody could have picked up Kyle Shanahan sure. in that situation. That, 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 that's that's that yes. yeah, Can exactly. we end the debate that 13, George Kittle is 13 plays. Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Can we end the debate George Kittle's better than Travis Kelsey? Travis that, Kelsey. That's a joke. Travis Kelsey, to his uh, credit, will say. Uh, uh, well, George he'll Kittle's say it's George title. Kittle. Yes, he but will that, say. But now, but he's talking. Still. He's talking about as an all-around tight end, as a receiver. Yeah, Travis is is better. Uh, Travis is he's breaking Jerry Rice records. So. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, it be, I, it became I, a non-story after the game. Did we ever find out why the hell he chest bumped Andy Reid in the middle of the game? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. He they, talked. Yeah. About they it, talked yeah. about. It. They both did. Andy was joking about it. You know, he's you like, jump, Andy, yeah, you, Andy you, was all balanced. I saw Andy's face. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't laugh when Travis uh, bumped uh, into him. After Trav- you win the game, you're on the podium. It's real easy to laugh about it. He wasn't laughing at the time. I, I, I said, Travis is a lunatic, man. That and I, I, I'll tell you, when he does that, both after the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, his goofy victory speeches, that's the only time you see Taylor Swift. They show her and she's like, oh, my God. What For that one brief second, she's like, what am I doing with this meathead? <laughs> for one brief second. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that lasts over the next eight months, yeah. by the way, when it's when he's not on SNL. Well, he probably will be on SNL. but Yeah, he probably will be. Yeah. But by the yeah. way, John, did – did you have on your bingo card 
Jason Kelsey beaten Ice Spice yesterday. I did people. not. I did not. I, I, I took the see. picture and I didn't realize if it's Ice Spice right away. Like, oh, I got to add that to the tweet. Yeah. Like, I don't it's have the funny. other button. It, you know, Blake Lively is always up there. Who's the actress for people that don't know? Ryan Reynolds' wife. Every time they blast Taylor Swift, everybody gets upset. I can't get off Blake Lively to get to Taylor Swift. So, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. my problem. And, and you know what was fitting? They showed Blake Lively right before they had the Deadpool movie trailer. It's poetic justice. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, the one guy we've been under-recognizing here so far in the first hour of the show is that other Kelsey, not uh, Travis, but Jason. A um, couple appearances, Radio Row this week. I guess that he had meetings with ESPN, uh, Fox, Amazon, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, CBS. You better catch up there. Uh, you know, you better... I've already complained about I'm like, uh, why aren't we having meetings with this guy? I'm just... I I put it into the people that are in charge of this stuff. As as well you should. And he did one guest spot. I I apologize for not remembering exactly which one it was, but we played the audio yesterday on uh, WIP. He kept referring to the Philadelphia Eagles as the Philadelphia Eagles, not we. Jason, I think that was I think that was Chris Long's. Uh, my, yeah, that's uh, exactly yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Long. Yeah. And after I heard that, I said, oh, shoot, he's out of Dodge. Because I've been on the positive side of the return of Jason Kelsey on the 50% side rather than the negative side. After well, I've, this weekend, I, I, I've been saying since, you know, Adam's report, Adam Schefter's report was true at the time. Um, you know, can he change his mind? He can always change his mind. He changed his mind before. Um, but, you know, there were players. And Jordan Mailata was doing something uh, at the Super Bowl. He flat out said he ain't coming back. He flat out said it. Yeah. Uh, now, again, we're talking about one person. He can change his mind. But that's why I've always been still leaning towards retirement when it comes to Jason. I Hill. always say. Maybe he's so excited by Travis's win, he starts thinking about coming back. Who knows? I, I, I always say wait till the first week of March because that's usually when he – Tells you he's coming back or not coming back either way. Yeah. Which, which is only, life. that's just standard NFL business because he's not going to screw the Eagles. He is on several occasion, thank, uh, occasions mentioned the fact that he wants to continue to be part of the organization. Uh, Jason, I got bad news for you in case he hasn't figured this one out. If you're working for Amazon, you're not working for the Eagles, okay? You can't have dual work slots as a commentator on the games, but also be on the Eagles staff in some way, shape, or form, assistant yeah. general manager, advisor, whatever. You can't can't have your cake and eat it too, Jason. And it seems like that's what he wants. Uh, but this this was a depressing weekend way, for me because can we add this little quirk into the Super Bowl? Did any of you guys think Andy was playing mind games last night when Don DeSandro was there pregame? Oh, by the way, he was in the box with Taylor Swift. Yeah, Dom was in the box too at one point. Yeah. Uh, How is he I, playing mind games with Dom? Not he wasn't playing mind games with Don, but he was using Don to play mind games with the 49ers. Yeah, nah, I don't think so. I think, I mean, Dom, it, I think Jeffrey Don was there with Jeffrey. Jeffrey Lurie was there. Jeffrey always goes to support Andy. Um, I, I don't think it was much more than that. That's me. Yeah, yeah. but you never know. Yeah, if, Jeffrey, if Jeffrey's going You're a little further yeah, out on that grassy knoll, then I'm ready. I, I will say, I, I do want to get in under the wire at Jeff Kerr CBS on X. 
Twitter. Make sure you follow Jeff. Read him at uh, CBS Sports. Does a tremendous job. We were talking about Tom Brady, talking about podcasts. Did you see Tom on Steve Young's podcast? Because a lot of Eagles fans, he was talking about modern quarterback play. What's wrong with modern quarterback play? And a lot of Eagles fans thought he was talking about Jalen. He wasn't talking about Jalen Hurts. He was talking about 15, 20 different guys. But, you know, Philadelphia is so provincial. But did you hear Tom's comments? And what did you think of Tom's comments? Because he's 100% accurate. As I've been trying to explain this for years. Tom explained it in five words with, with play callers. They're calling probabilities. That's it. It's the quarterback's job. If the probability's wrong, and he used third and short as an example, you, 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 in theory, you think you're getting man to man. Well, if they sh- screw you up and you got zone, you got to change it at the line of scrimmage. And too many guys snap the football and are like, "What the hell am I going to do?" And they just run it. Now, yeah. people took that as an affront to Jalen Hurts. No, no. I, I didn't see it as that. No. no. It was an affront to quarterback, modern quarterback play in general, but it was, I loved it because he explained so succinctly why it's important to understand what's going on at the quarterback position. And it's not on the play caller. People think play calls are magicians. They're calling probabilities. It's third and seven. This is what they're probably going to play. If they don't play, you better get that player prepared to understand what's going on and to change things at the line of scrimmage. It was I brilliant. Always, I always thought that's why, over the last 25 years, Andy Reid's quarterbacks have had a tremendous degree of success. And Alex Smith even broke that down. Uh, he said, look, it's Andy Reid said, okay, like if you're facing, you know, it's not 3-4 anymore. What's it now, John? Odd front, even front. I forget what they call it now. Yeah, fit, uh, variable fronts, odd fronts, 50 fronts, 40 fronts. But yeah, 3-4, yeah, it drives me insane with people. Oh, Vic Banjo runs a 3-4. He is a run 3-4, but yeah. But but yeah, Alex Smith said like, okay, so it, this is situation is you got to ever check down. You got to ever do this. And, you know, I'm sure he implemented that in the Patrick Mahomes. I know Donovan McNabb even had that at one point in time. Like, I it still drives me nuts when people say, ah, oh, that couldn't read a defense. Oh, that couldn't do it. I'm like, actually, he could read a defense really well over the course of his career. That, that wasn't why Donovan McNabb failed in playoff games. And Jeff Kerr, feel free to get Sean McManus on the phone. Tell me better get a meeting schedule. Sean McManus is retiring. Yes. Yeah. He's done after this, right? Is he doing anything um, else? File four was, is going to be his last oh, one. All right. So he's still around. So he's still got time. Send yeah. a fire off that email. So when I was talking to Greg Gumble before the I totally forgot he did not call games this year, right? Greg, Greg said to me, I told him I missed him at games this year because I retired from doing that last year. I'm like, I told him, I'm just used to seeing him on the road to file four all the time. And it was a good land. I, I, I always forget he's 76 years old, by the way. Seven, is he really? He's 76. Wow. I didn't wow. know that. I did not know that. Gumby? Yeah, yeah, Gumby seventy six. The good dude, I know him from I, the neck when from the yeah. Year. But you all, I'll tell you what. But you're talking to like Munzberger, Gumble, all those guys. It's like you're, it's your damn child. It's exactly just coming up yeah, to you, Brett. You are looking live, Brett Musburger. I'll tell you I'll what, Brett, Brett has some awesome stories. He all, yeah. 
Not, not about uh, pointing out the Florida State cheerleader, but some awesome cheer- <laughs> stories. Besides. I tried to get that out of him, but he goes, oh, that was another network. That's what yeah, he's, he's, he's not revisiting that Not one, cheerleaders. I, I apologize. Cowgirls. The Florida State cowgirls. Yeah. Jen Sturgeon. Feel, was feel free, Jeff uh, Kurt, to also, uh, if you uh, so moved, and if your McManus is walking out the door, you don't want to burden with him, fine. Shame on Romo. I say shame on uh, Shanahan for calling the play. Romo not only didn't mention it when they made the call, which he should have immediately, they went to commercial. Nance comes back and sets him up to give him a chance to second guess. And he goes, yeah, there's an advantage to kick him, but if your defense is tired, you want to give him a break. No, that is all outweighed by the advantage you have by going second. Romo, who second guesses friggin' everything. All game long. That's all he does is second guess the coach. He's got the biggest second guess teed up for him, and he passed on it. It just broadcast. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You know what? It, it's funny. I, I'm sure Tony wishes he would have had that one back too. Like a, a lot of people like the guy Romo for a lot of things, but a lot of people like to complain about everything. I, I'll tell you what. No one. It's like you said, Jody. Tony Romo second guesses a lot of stuff. I guarantee you, no one reviews his broadcast like Tony Romo does. Uh, maybe Greg Olson. More than Tony, but I know Tony. Yeah, does. Tony was taking a lot of it. I don't get. I don't get. I thought he had a good Super Bowl yesterday. I'm not, not just saying that because I'm a company yeah. guy. I, I think he oh. said spatial awareness too much. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's his new phrase. Yeah. I I thought he was hideously bad yesterday. As a matter of fact, and it's well, you can't. Me, you, you got a CBS guy. You can't kill Tony. Uh, last time I checked, I worked for CBS Sports Radio. Oh, that's I, true. Yeah, I was gonna say I you're am, an employee. I am right. honest to a fault when it comes to evaluation, and Aikman is so far and away the best announcer. Uh, Olsen's come a long way. He's closed the gap. But Aikman's been doing it so much longer. I don't pay that much attention. I I don't. To, By the way, Jim Nance had. One of the best winning calls ever. Jackpot Las Vegas. Um, oh, I know. I, I, that Kevin, was awesome. I, I love Kevin Harlan's. Uh, yeah, what was Harlan's call? I, love, I didn't get to I, hear it yet. I, I love uh, – it's all over the place. I, I love Kevin Harlan, though, so I'm biased. I, I, Harlan's but, very – he's very yeah. good at football. He screams a little too much for my basketball taste, but he's uh, – how many he, years he, in a row? He, he's like over a decade now doing the Super Bowl on the radio, right? Yeah. Um, yeah 14 straight years, I think he's done. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you haven't lived till you heard Kevin Harlan do a Timberwolves game when they were terrible. He had 14, 50. <laughs> he would find a way to make it entertaining. It was it, it was unbelievable. You know, I can, you know, I can guarantee you part of it is was screaming because Kevin likes to scream when he does basketball. He, he's got to get, you know, two guys, again, locally, who have a gift no matter how good or bad they are, Scott Fransky in L.A. They, they're they the two to me. It's If the Phillies have, are the 2015-2017 Phillies, that's who I want to listen to because it's just pure entertainment. They are yeah. good. All right, you are entertaining too, Jeff Kerr. We thank you much for, for hopping in. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You stay a little longer than usual. Eh, feel free to get about your day and do all this other posts. Yeah. Uh, okay. I got to write about Mahomes being the GOAT, and I already wrote about Kelsey, whether he's the GOAT or not, and people are saying, grok, grok, grok. I'm like, well, you got to look at this postseason number. Don't again. forget to write about uh, Jody McDonald and John McMullen's 700th show, and you're wearing 700 on it. show. So yeah, that's see? right. You oh, are okay. an esteemed guest on yeah. the 700 show. Uh, all right, so I, I got a question for you now that this is the 700 show. Does Patrick Mahomes get 700 touchdown passes in his career? Oh, that's, shit, I don't know. That's, uh, where He's are at, we at what, like that, that's, that's, that's too much math to be asking McBone no. <laughs> and McDonald. Yeah. By the way, that, 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 I should also say before you leave, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles beat the Kansas City Chiefs this year. So, you know, they did do that. They did beat the Super Bowl champions they, on they the road. Do, on they, the road. They, they did not do much after that, but yeah. they, 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 and the head coach was screaming at the fans, what, yeah. whatever he said. Yes, uh, Nick, yeah, you, you know, Nick's, Nick's lucky to still have his job, so uh, he should be putting that one in the rearview mirror. The, the, the receipts Chiefs fans have right now are they are savage. Oh, somebody, put it, yeah, uh, somebody oh put man, it I don't hear shit anymore. Chiefs fans, see ya. That was Nick Sirianni after the big Chiefs game, yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, they played on in the season thereafter, and it worked out okay for Kansas City. Jeff Kurt, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. CBSSports.com's Jeff Kerr here with us. On yeah, team. how about that? I forgot that. He was also yelling at uh, your buddy Elliot Shore Parks for saying uh, the Chiefs had the better coach and better quarterback. That's oh, yeah. why he Elliot uh, predicted the uh, Chiefs to win that week. And Elliot might have had to take his tongue lashing that week. I think Elliot gets to go. Uh, you see the thing? Yeah, I, 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 I think the Chiefs the have the better coach and quarterback. Yeah, I think that was proved out over time to be a correct statement by ESP. Uh, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. Chris Franklin from NJ.com going to keep it in an eagle mode he's going to join us coming up in less than 15 minutes here on birds 365 go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving him up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Jody Mac and Jody Mac here with you on Birds 365. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Back-to-back Super Bowl winners will be going for a three-peat. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, et al. Uh, they've got a chance to do something no one has ever done in the history of the Super Bowl era, which is win three consecutive championships. They did so in overtime. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan made a god-awful decision to uh, take the ball rather than kick it away to start the overtime with new rules. We, we, we've done a lot of talk on it. You can always go back here on YouTube. That's the beauty of this. If you j- jump in and we're talking about something we already talked about, you can go back and watch it thereafter. So uh, you can go back and check what we said about the Super Bowl. Uh, we certainly do want to factor in the Eagles here in hour number two, and Chris Franklin's going to join us to help us do that coming up in less than 10 minutes. Uh, I need to relate this to you, John. Yesterday I had my show in the morning with uh, GMAC, Glenn Mac now on, on WIP. And we had Barrett Brooks as a guest. And Bar- one of Barrett's takes was that this past year, why the Eagles thought, why this uh, uh, season fell apart, House of Cards, was he thought, something you've heard Jody McDonald say altogether too often, the Eagles didn't practice hard enough this year. That they weren't ready for the physicality of the second half of the season. And that's the overall organizational decision not to make them work a practice. I get it. You don't even have to go there, John. The CBA takes hard practices out of the national. I get that. But if everybody's got the same exact rules, got to play by other teams, stay within the rules and get more work done than the Philadelphia Eagles do. That's a complaint I've had for two years since Sirianni was hired, as a matter of fact. And Barrett doubled down on it for me yesterday. So I said, all right, Barrett, if if they're going to react to that, if your read is right, if the Eagles acknowledge that, that maybe they went a little soft this year, 
you, you know that the old school new defense coordinator's got no problems with that. He'll be willing to push the limits. He'll be willing to make them work. And from time to time, Vic can annoy some of the players, the new school players, the 2024 NFL players. He might get some pushback on working them hard during the season. I said, who's the guy on the Eagle defense, the player who will sign on to Vic Fangio and hard work and tell his teammates, hey, come on. You remember, we fell apart last year. We need to put in the work. You're being highly paid. Come on. You need to don't be whining and moaning about us staying 15 more minutes for practice, putting the pads on twice in two weeks. Who's that guy? And you know who he says? Hassan, Hassan oh, Reddick. Huh? And then the next hour, here comes the report from Ian Rappaport. Hassan Reddick wants to be traded, wants the permission to go out and seek a deal for I said, oh, my God, how, how much worse could timing be? That no sooner than Barrett said, he's the guy who can help Vic Fangio carry his water for we're working hard in practice going forward next year. And he's asking for the chance to go out and cut a deal. Well, I would say in in Barrett's defense, that had nothing to do with any of that. I mean, that this has been a long time coming, um, the the contract issue. And it it doesn't turn, you know, I think from Barrett's perspective, what he was probably talking about is, you know, Hassan's a high motor guy. Um, And by the way, last year proved it because he could have held in and he didn't. Um, So, I get what he was saying. I I don't think you know. Is he going to be here though to do it? That yeah, you know, that's kind a of big necessary. Question. If you're going to be the guy, you kind of got to be an eagle to be the guy. Yeah, but if he does, you know, I think his point was, you know, he'll he'll do it. He'll be the guy that, uh, um, you know, he'll he'll be a high motor guy. Then that's why I went to BG. I mean, BG's a should be back for his 15th season because he wants to be, and he's not going to cost a lot of money and he's still effective on the pitch count. And, you know, when they kicked in these maintenance days uh, for veterans, um, more in the Doug Peterson era, he didn't even want them. He was like, no, I'm going to practice. Um, So he's that kind of guy. Jason Kelsey, thank you. No, Jason. BG said, no, what are you talking about? Of course I'm practicing. Yeah. Jason, Jason wants them. Um, but you know, most veterans do. So I think it's it's rare. So I, that's why I would pick BG. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Bick, uh, it, Bick's problem is not the players. Bick is conv- Bick's problem, if he wants to do that, is convincing the organization, um, and that's a bigger hurdle uh, than the players uh, because you you don't think you'll get pushback from players, assuming let's say the Eagles practice X amount of hours every single week. And Vic Fangio wants to make it X plus high level, uh, high energy type practice. He wants to add that. You don't think there's going to be players that are going to push back on No, what I'm saying, it'll never get to the players because his bigger hurdle is getting that want past the organization. Um, In other words, he could want to do it and the organization will say, no, this is the way we do it here. Sorry, Vic, make the most of your time. Um, Big Pangio is not going to come in here and decree things to Howie Roseman and the medical staff and everybody else and how they think about doing things. You sure about that? Yeah, yeah, I'm very sure about that. Very sure about that. He's the freaking defensive coordinator. He's not even the head coach. 
Um, and Who's he, got more power right now, Vic Fangio or Nick Sirianni? Nick slightly, um, but I yeah, neither has power over something like that. That's the point I'm trying to make. Neither has power because I've said pretty much Nick. Nick can say whatever he wants. I've yet to me- meet the football coach. I always said that doesn't want to practice. I've yet to meet him. Um, this is an organizational decision. They believe this is the way to go about it. And that's not going to change because Vic Mangio comes in here. Vic's 65 years old. Vic uh, wants to be here. Vic, um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of power walking in here. As I said, you know, oh, the people I disagree with that. Uh, I'm I'm immensely sure of that. Uh, the people in Miami weren't blocking the door, as I've consistently put it out. When people say, well, the Eagles tampered, the Dolphins don't care. So it doesn't matter because I've seen Eagles fans. Yeah, uh, but didn't, the, didn't that same team 11 months earlier make them the highest paid coordinator in the history of National Football League? They did. They did. Oh, that's okay. one of the reasons. So- and, and that's and one of the we're, reasons we're at that same point now with the Philadelphia Eagles. No, they didn't pay him that. Now I I don't know what they paid him. Uh, and uh, when I said that, I just meant he's new. He hasn't come in and ruffled any feathers yet. He did eleven months of ruffling feathers, and they said, "All right, you want to walk out the door? Go back to Philadelphia. Okay, fine." But eleven months ago, they they were ready to make him nice paid. That's a pretty good compliment. That's giving a lot of power. That's giving a lot of props. Make him the highest paid coordinator in the history of the game. Well, the the Dolphins did. Yeah, the Dolphins. The Dolphins quickly uh, uh, ascertained they made a mistake, and it wasn't worth the uh, the return on investment. The ROI was not there, which is one of the reasons they weren't blocking the door because they desperately wanted out of that contract. Uh, the Eagles aren't paying them that; they're paying them well, um, but they understand he wants to be here. They understand he's near the end of his career. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, he has nearly as much power as you think he has. And certainly if 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 the Eagles, if Arshtonota says this is the way we're going to do it, that's the way they're going to do it. And Vic ain't changing that. If Nick couldn't change it, Vic's not changing it. No, I'm not sure about that because the what we don't know, we don't know. How did this all come about? Who reached out to who? Who was more aggressive? Did the Eagles talk Vic into leaving Miami? Was Vic getting the feeling that this is not going well? I need to find myself a landing spot. None of us know the answers to those questions. Vic does. The Eagles do. The Dolphins probably third most on the list as to how that I just my belief is. Miami was kind of surprised that he came to him and said, listen, uh, if you guys want to move on, I'd be willing to step out of my contract. They said, oh, okay, yeah, fine. I don't think they were initiating it or or pushing him out the door, but they were very readily able to say, okay, yeah, we'll move on. You want to move on, Vic? Go ahead and move on. I don't know. It all comes down to how it came about. If the Eagles pursued him, if the Eagles did tamper, if the Eagles said we got to keep this on the down low because if Goodell finds out we're going to be fined, yeah, he comes in with a lot of power, John. The Eagles wanted him. Don't get me wrong, but I now I we'll see. I, I yeah, I don't know why you think he's got all this grandiose power. I, I don't think any coach has grandiose power 
under the current setup with, that the Eagles have. I, I don't think the head coach, before uh, got power taken away, I don't think he had that kind of power. Why would a defensive coordinator have that kind of power? I, you know, They believe in the way they do. Now, if Howie comes back and sits down and says, you know what, we weren't prepared, and goes to Arsh uh, and says, you know, what can we do to tweak this? We need a little bit more time on the field. You know, if they make that decision organizationally, and, and Vic might be a part of that saying, we should probably practice a little bit more. But he's not going to come in and decree we're going to practice and the Eagles are going to roll over like a puppy, like he's, uh, you know, uh, petting their belly. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be like, you know what, dude? We don't have a lot of injuries. This is the way we're going to do it. And he's going to accept it because he's the defensive coordinator. All right. I'll try this one more time, and then we're going to punch Chris Franklin up. They're sitting in a meeting next week, the weekend, all the way up to camp. You've got Vic Fangio with his experience and his resume in the National Football League, who the Eagles procured. None of us know exactly behind the scenes as to how it went down and who called who's first and who was more engaged in getting this done. But they they got him. He is now theirs. And they're paying whatever it is. It's top of the line coordinator money. It might not be the same he was making last year, but they're not getting him for a million dollars a year. Um, and he says we need to practice more. And he's Vic Fangio. And Arch Denota. The Eagles, what's his official title? Uh, he is their chief medical officer. Chief medical officer is saying, no, I think we should do exactly what we did this year. Denote as much time as we did last year. When our defense fell apart like a house of cards, but my philosophy, my time frame, my, mine is still the right way to do things. And Howie Roseman slapped Jeff Laurie have to make a call. Do we go with our chief medical officer who was here last year and part of the defense falling apart, or do we go with uh, a guy who's well, only I, I, I know we're at Birds 365, but now we're blaming poor Arsh for the collapse of the Eagles defense. Well, I'm, I'm going to blame. I'm going to blame. I'm going to blame. Um, I'm going to blame Howie Roseman and lack of personnel. Um, yeah, that's not gonna fly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm not blaming. Uh, I'm not you, you blaming. You think Jeffrey's Arch. gonna hear that? The I Eagles, don't think so. The Eagles are are a very forward looking organization, or at least they they think they are. Let's put it that way. If they were forward, then why the hell do they hire Vic Fangio, sixty five years older than Dirt Vic Fangio? Well, they're it, a forward it, thing. It, you know, people often confuse innovation with, you know, newness or youth. That is no guarantee of innovation. Andy Reid is probably the most innovative, re, re, remains probably the most innovative offensive mind in the NFL. So we got to get to Chris. We'll get Chris's thoughts on this. But if the Eagles believe as an organization, all I'm saying is Vic Fangio, they, they have tremendous respect for Vic Fangio. Tremendous respect. Don't get me wrong. But they are not going to – he doesn't have more power than Doug Peterson when he first got here or Nick Sirianni when he first got here. He doesn't have – you're basically projecting like he's going to have more power than anybody since Chip Kelly. I'm saying that's not the case. He's a defensive coordinator. 
and the Eagles will make an organizational decision. He'll be a part of it, but if he says, I need this, they're not just going to do that because he says, I need this. That's all I'm trying to say. And all I'm trying to say is if it comes down to Arch Denota or Vic Fangio making the call on length of practice, I think this offseason, Howie Roseman and Jeff Laurie fall to the side of uh, their new defensive coordinator rather than We're their... just skipping over Nick Sirianni now. No, that's kind of Nick's uh, I, I, I mean, that's, uh, that's no, kind I, of. I, I'm not. I even I and I. Wait, wait, hold, wait, wait, wait. You just got to you, John. If you told me once, you told me twenty five times. Introduce me to the coach who wouldn't want to practice more. Yeah, so you Nick's think already Nick, here. Do you think Nick's going to side with uh, the Eagles and go? Oh yeah, we got to practice last. I have destroyed this organization for, and no, I haven't. I've destroyed Jeffrey Lurie for how he handled Nick Sirianni's situation. And even I don't believe that. Even I don't believe they're going to come in. Oh, we're not going to listen to Nick Sirianni. Or we're going to listen to Vic Fangio when it comes to logistics and setting up practice and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't that believe that. If, if, I Nick don't believe is still, that. if Nick is still on the flow chart ahead of Vic, what's Nick going to say? Nick is just going to sign. I, I know this offseason is notoriously, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, maybe, sir. Maybe nice. Keep my job, maybe, sir. Or do you maybe, think the real maybe, coach and Nick comes out and goes, yeah, I'd like to have the extra 15 minutes of practice time every day. Maybe maybe he joins, maybe he enjoys having Vic as another advocate. But I think, you know, and, and I, you know, I probably talk more about Ars Denota than anybody else who covers the Eagles. Because I don't think... I don't think people realize how important he is in this organization. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think this could be a season where Arch's power base goes backwards. He's McMullen. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are Birds 365. Look at him. He's smiling. He can't wait to get into this conversation. Jeffrey Lurie would scapegoat Chris Franklin, nicest guy in the world. Jeffrey Lurie will scapegoat anybody. So anything's a possibility. Our scapegoat, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving him up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. Jody McDonald, John McMullen. And that would be Chris Franklin from NJ.com, good enough to jump on board with us. You were laughing at me, weren't you? While you were in the green room. Nah, I was laughing at my Jeffrey Lurie scapegoat comedy. I'm laughing at both of you because it's almost like mom and dad are fighting again. Yeah. And I always see everything. It's great. It's we, always fight. we always fight when Chris is here. We weren't really <laughs> fighting, though. Don't know why. That was fun. Is that on you, Franklin? Do you make us no. fight? Absolutely, positively no. not. Got nothing to do with it. You get none of the blame whatsoever. Um, who's who's gonna get the blame for the fact that Hassan Reddick wants the hell out of Dodge? Is that mm, the coaching staff from this past year, the collapse of the team, the fact that uh, Howie Roseman probably? I, I, well, I don't know. I'm not there. Um, I'm sure Howie was working behind the scenes as he'd get an extension done. All he knows he didn't, and it reached a point where he had to grant him the availability to go out and see if he can get himself a trade is, is there blame to go around is the question I guess I need to ask. I think if you want to blame anything, you blame, you know, stick on the 49ers teams, blame Nick Bosa for getting paid big time. You blame Hassan Reddick for getting as many sacks as he's did. You blame Howie Roseman for not having enough cap space right now uh-huh. and having other guys get to sign. I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a perfect storm when it comes to Reddick and, his ability and basically what he can earn because he's earned it. I'm, I'm sorry. 27 sacks in two in the last two seasons. There's not many guys that say they can do that. The Eagles also have to keep in mind that they're keeping in mind. They still have to pay Devontae Smith. They still got to extend Landon Dickerson <laughs> and they still got a lot of other moves they have to make sure they can create some cap space. But yeah, I think it's this whole thing of him asking for a trade. Uh, we could be headed down to another Darius Slay situation right now. Yeah. And then Darius Slay worked out. So it's not the worst thing in the world to say, Hey, you know what? Um, go look at the market and, and then the player feels better and feels that the franchise isn't trying to undercut him. And if his value is what his value is, probably if I'm the Eagles, I would probably hope 18, 19 million versus 25 million. (laughs) If he goes out there and finds that out, um, all of a sudden it works out for the Eagles. Like it worked out with Darius Slay. That's a possibility. Yeah, and if it does, and it's the thing's going to be the compensation package, in my opinion. When you look at what they actually get in terms of receiving that trade, the trade back, because I believe it was over a cap last I looked yesterday, it's, it goes a million dollars if you trade them. Basically, if you want to trade them for a draft pick this year, 
you get a million dollars in salary cap relief. If you do it post June first, it's something like sixteen million. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those things where you gotta like, wait. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta, it's, yeah. And then you don't know how what team you trade them to, and then is it going to be really worth it? So there's a lot of factors going. On. That's what more and more I think of it. I think we're personally, I think we're headed toward a sit-in. I just think we're headed toward that. I think. Yeah. Where, hold in. I said, Chris, yeah. he should have held in last year. Uh, and remember, he showed up with a groin injury, and there were some people speculating because there were other players around the league holding in. There are significant fines, so you can't hold out anymore. You can, but you're going to lose significant money. But a lot of players held in. And I thought Hassan, to be honest, the leverage was never going to be higher for him. 19 and a half sack season. Eagles made the Super Bowl clearly the best player they had on defense was, I think, fourth in defensive player of the year voting. I, I really thought he should have held in last year and really pressed uh, for uh, whether you want to call it a an adjustment of the deal. Didn't have to be an ex extension, but he was underpaid. He was vastly underpaid. Everybody knew it. Instead, he was professional. He played. It's not necessarily a good thing because teams will take advantage of that. Yeah, he better on himself. And that's, you had to think, especially if you sit with that most of that defense returning, except for like saying the safety stuff, you had, you think like, okay, should be around the same type of production and it slipped up and it's going to cost them. As we talk so much, we talk so much about how these guys are, well, they don't honor, you hear, oh, they don't honor the contract. This guy didn't, and it backfired. So you see now why. It's going on for a lot of guys. I never criticize players when they yeah. you got to take advantage of your moment. You got to because you never know what's going to happen, and they regress so so badly on defense. Not just Hassan, but he also broke his thumb early, so he was playing with the cast. He wasn't effective. Then you had to move the Matt Patricia late. He wasn't effective then. In between, he was great. He had like that. He had eleven sacks in like ten, 10 games weeks, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, 10, 10 weeks. He was great, but you had the two sort of uh, piece. You know that was sandwiched in the slow start and the slow finish. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get on the open market what he thinks he's going to get, and that'll help the Eagles in theory. Yeah, but here's the problem, and you guys just were discussing it, taking a step further. The hold in, which could very well be coming. John suggested it will be 12 months late. You have done it last year. Um, if it happens again this year, uh, it is a possibility. Somebody's got to be the massage person in that. Somebody's got to keep him motivated to continue to play well, not be a disruptive influence, not wreck the clubhouse and uh, let him know that he's still part, the huge part of the defense. Doing the massage thing. Is Vic Fangio that guy? Who the hell is going to do that for the Eagles? If it comes to that, they could trade him. They could get a contract negotiation done or the third option. And the third option is realistic. It's not minimal. It's realistic trying to play through it, who's going to handle Hassan Reddick to be able to keep it doable in the Eagle clubhouse? Your best option is Nick, Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Because when you look he at everything. something to do, right? Somebody call, <laughs> somebody call McManus and tell him, that's going to be Nick's biggest job is keep Hassan Reddick at least somewhat focused playing football for the Eagles next year.
And when you look at the jobs of head coaches, I think that's the most underrated, the, the thing that's all usually glossed over most. Because a, a lot of times when you look, you talk about it, you want you want the X's and O's disguise. You want the guys who could play call. You got the dynamic names, stuff like that. Well, a lot of these guys, we've seen a lot of times when it comes to these coordinators that become head coaches, they have issues when it comes to talking to a lot of, these, a lot of their players and, and trying to handle situations like this. So I think this is going to be the biggest test for Nick and stuff like that is we, we know he's not doing the play. He's not doing the play calling or offensively or anything like that. But managing situations like this, is probably why he still remained as a head coach and he got took that CEO role so he had, he can handle more time to do stuff like that because yeah it's it's just it could become very volatile very quick especially now the one thing that they have going for us and we saw this last year when, when it came time to like say sign it opportunities to really blow up and, and say like you know what I want to do this or I I think that's because he's pretty much he speaks his mind a lot and when he's gonna stays away yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to put this team in a situation because he'll say I'm just not talking or something like that. So, yeah, this is going to be one of those things where Nick has to mis- has to handle this well. And if not, we'll tell very early. Well, we're talking about one star player. Let's talk about a second star player. Let's break some news this morning, Chris. Jason Kelsey's retiring. Let's stop this. He's not coming back. <laughs> uh, he's out there in a Lucha Libra mask. Celebrating <laughs> Travis Kelsey's win. He's meeting with Fox. He's meeting with Amazon. He's meeting with ESPN. I don't even think he wanted to play. I think this week in Vegas wrecked him to the degree, to the, the partying to the degree he couldn't come back. He's retiring, isn't he? Chris Franklin. See, the biggest indicator I'd have is if by now he told the Eagles, hey, drop my uh, salary down to $1. And so free up a cap because all all this stuff going on. I honestly don't. I I think there's a serious shot he comes back. Really? I can't get it. I think there's a shot. Chris, I I did the flop thing. I was very much in the camp (laughs) of Jason's coming back after he met with every broadcast outlet on the planet and any ones he missed. We'll all be in contact this week. And then the interview he did on the Chris Long podcast where he said, Eagles, 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 didn't say we once. Never once referred to the Philadelphia Eagles as we. Man, I flopped this weekend. You're holding tight. He's coming back, huh, Chris? Uh, it's not tight. It's, it's it's a thin strip, strip, but just okay. a weight. Because I, th- I think you, he would you're, least. You're a glass half full guy. God bless you, Chris Franklin. Oh, no, for sticking no. to your guns. I'm a flip flop artist. I just absolutely <laughs> did a 180 this weekend. By the way, unless Jordan was tro- trolling Jordan, my lot of flat out. Said it out there. He said, hey, "No, man, he's not coming back." Jordan, Jordan, telling the truth. Or the or thing trolling. is, well, the thing that I probably say was like, if that's the case, let the team know sooner than later. Because I know you, Jason Kelsey, you've been with the franchise for this long. Is at the point now where like you got moves coming, you got to move forward and let. And well, let I think mentally prepare that too. So. Eagles now. I think what what da- what day does the New Heights podcast drop on? Uh, is it a given every week, or do you just have to? Yeah, they they it? well, they probably taped a couple out there, so they may have had a, a taped one. So it's usually Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, somewhere around there. But yeah, I, I nope, so nope. so this this Tuesday is the thirteenth. Write it down, February twentieth. If it's going to happen on a Tuesday, it's going to be the New Heights podcast after they get the celebration yeah. podcast in this week and yeah, get. His brother yeah. all his props for back to back and three feet and blah blah blah. Taylor look great in black and everything else. They'll do all that this week. 
next week it'll be Jason's turn to go. Yeah, I'm calling it a career. Yeah, the more, more and more, if it looms into March, if it looms past the combine, that's where I'm starting to see it a little more. He won't more do, like, he won't do that. He, 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 he should. I say he shouldn't. He shouldn't. I, that's the I, main thing I, too. Yeah, I think the Eagles already know, to be honest. Um, um, but we'll see. I so mean, you it's think, always possible. You think he's lying to us all? No, he's not lying. I think he. I I think he wanted to. You know, let Travis probably. have his run and go out on his own. Like what Adam Schefter reported. Yeah, he. I. I mean, Chris was there. Lane Johnson talked about it like he was pretty much done. He, he had. He told guy. He told guys he was close to during the season. Now, as Chris also knows, he's done that before in the past, and he's changed his mind. So, I can't say he's not going to change his mind, but boy. Everything is pointing towards he's not coming back this time, which, you know, the Eagles need some cap money. It's not the worst thing in the world. They've set up for this. Cam Jurgen's going to be the heir apparent. You know, who knows who's going to take over at right guard. It might be Tyler Steen, might be somebody else. Uh, but when you talk about these other people you have to pay, you mentioned Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson. Now you got to figure out something with Hassan Reddick, you know. Silver lining, you don't have to pay $15 million to Jason. Kelly yeah, yeah, but like, uh, you got to make sure you couch that correctly. They're not saving $15 million. Jason no. Kelsey's got one of those extended voidable year deals where when he steps aside, they're taking a dead cap money in. So it's not going to be a $15 million savings. I don't have Kelsey's contract in front of me, but I guarantee you they're taking a dead cap hit the day he decides to retire. Um, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Ask, ask, uh, ask Chris another question while I, I look it up. Uh, Chris Franklin with the son Reddick needing to check his worth on the open market. Who do you think is going to be willing to bump him up from 15? I'm saying low twenties. He's not getting up to 25. The Bosa money, both of the Bosa's are blatantly overpaid and he's not TJ Watt. Nobody in the national football is TJ Watt. Let's say low twenties. 21, 22, somewhere thereabouts. There are guys that are being paid that, that Hassan Reddick has been more productive than. What teams should we be afraid of? What teams will the Eagles be trying to negotiate a deal with that one of them will give Hassan Reddick the type of number he's looking for? Being that I think they want to really make a splash and they're still reeling over the coaching decision they made because they did look at it. The commanders to me, to me, commanders like, you know what? We need to make somebody here. What better way to go ahead and try to take somebody from divisions? Guy who has the pedigree that shows that you lost. Uh, you lost Chase Young. You know, Montez Sweat and every guy. And Montez Sweat. They yep. traded both of their pass rushers. So you need. You think you got to figure that first one too? Why not? Go, why not sign for Hassan Reddick? You got the money to do it. You can do that to cash a. You might get everybody that wow. one too. Oh, why not go sign him down every two? And then now all of a sudden you can create a dynamic where you're looking south. Like okay, we got to protect. Jalen Hurts. Well, we gotta see Hassan Reddick twice a year. Yes, see Micah Parsons now twice a year. So it just makes things yeah. worse. So the commanders might the commanders might be the one that everybody uses to go leverage. Go, hey, you know what? Hey, we'll sign him. We'll sign him. We're we're gonna be that one too. And use they use his leverage and then he just goes somewhere else. But yeah, I think the commander. Well, I think the commanders team is gonna be linked to it eventually. That's legit. Yeah, that makes some sense because obviously. And by the way, Chase Young had a. A, a good Super Bowl for about a quarter and then kind of fell off. 
But uh, well, we gotta we gotta get Super Bowl talk in with Chris as well. Boy, I I and it's come out this morning that a bunch of 49ers players admitted they were not made aware of the new overtime rules. Um, <laughs> when I was watching it in the moment, Chris, I got the feeling like San Francisco had no freaking idea what was going on. I got to be honest with you. They're like, oh, we want to toss an overtime. Let's take the ball. I think that's what they did. And they're like, let's take the ball. And now it's more of a college setup, you know, both teams are going to get the football. So you want to know, you want to be that second team because you want to know what you have to do. And you know, all four downs are on the table. Yep. It just makes sense. Is that, is that the feeling you got immediately? I, I thought, I think a lot of people didn't know a lot. Oh, oh, I, I, think I, I know. I think when it came, I think the people watching the game were better versed because they were told before the game that it was actually the players on, on the field themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially and, Nicole Hardman's like, Wait, what? Well, advertising. I'm being 100 percent honest here. My hand on my microphone, my other hand on my heart. Um, I had forgotten. Now, as soon as they mentioned it, and I said, Oh my god, how the hell can they take the ball first? It clicked in. Now, I'm not playing in the game. I'm just doing a stupid show with John McMullen and Chris Franklin and Glenn Mack now, whatever else. It's not my job to remember that they changed the rules. But as soon as I was reminded, I knew exactly what we were supposed to do. And Shanahan didn't. How can you do that if you're the head coach of a Super Bowl team? That is just one of the many things when you look at Kyle Shanahan's coaching career. You're going to look back and go, he's the biggest what if. He, he's become the old Andy Reid in a way. And the fact that when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to a lot of uh, like in a big moments or anything, there's always a gap. There's always a timeout issues. There's always whatever you. And then it leads right to bite him in the butt. He, he I, I, Shanahan, his system, I, I, his system, I look at Shanahan, his system is great. He can get these quarterbacks going. Ah, the play good. designs are brilliant. Yeah, but, they're great. Uh, you know, at what price? Yeah, you're sitting there looking like he, that, and that's why I think he really needs either a, a, a former head coach to be his assistant coach, or he needs to hire like or assistant whatever to tell him game situations because he's so. He's he's like that guy who's like in a, like developing the program. He's like, well, I can put this line in here. I can put this line. Hey, the fire alarm's going outside. Oh, I can get this line. Okay, I'll get it right there. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, oh, wait, it's smoke. I gotta figure something out. And he's panicking. So, well, here's the name, Chris August Mangin. You probably first. Uh, I did not know that name until this morning when I looked <laughs> it up. He is the 49ers game management specialist. If the 49ers are anything like the Philadelphia Eagles. You're going to see the name August Mangin fired uh, in the coming uh, days uh, and uh, weeks. Uh, well, you, I remember before I got on, you guys were talking about scapegoats. They're your scapegoat. Yeah. Right oh, he's, he's, yeah. he's got run. a big picture of goat on his back. Mahomes yeah. has got a goat on his back, but it's a different goat. It's yeah, a better one. Mr. Mangin is. And by the way, uh, and I don't know this, uh, but one of you two should, I guess. Who's the Eagles game management specialist? Who That's is a good question. It used to be uh, it used to be our, our buddy uh, uh, Ryan Paganetti. Maybe, um, yeah. um, uh, let's see. That's a good That's question. Three years ago, right? That was under Doug. Yeah, that was Doug's guy. And he's uh, it, by the way, he's in Jacksonville with Doug now as yeah. well. 
Now, TJ, his brother, is still on the Eagle staff. Well, he might not be now as yeah. the Eagle staff is getting blown out. Um, <laughs> let's see if they have an official game. Mat- now, remember, um, Nick Sirianni considers himself a game management specialist. Uh, he studies a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like studying everything and, and, and trying yeah. to, the situations, things we, yeah. So, I mean, and obviously Kevin Petulo's his right hand man, but he doesn't have that title. I'm seeing if anybody has the actual title. Nobody, I, titles, no, titles are fluid in the national football. Yeah, nobody had the actual title. Last I, think season. I, I think a lot of it, a lot of it falls on Nick. A lot of it does because he studies a lot. And Fergus, he studies a lot of game managers from all the way through college, all the way through. And tries to do that. Yeah, and as a CEO coach, he has, you know, because remember, I maintain one of my pet peeves is people are calling, well, Nick will be a CEO coach. He already was a CEO coach. So coach does, he, yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't getting bogged down by the play calling uh, since he gave it up to Shane Steichen. So, he should be the game management specialist. Yeah, C- CEO coach shouldn't need a game management yes, specialist. Exactly. Uh, so I, I agree with you there. Did you ever find out how big a hit the Eagles are going to take if Kelsey walks away? How much rollover? You know, I, I it's not, you know, if you look at it, over the cap gives you cuts post-June 1st. It wouldn't be a cut. It would be a retirement. So I emailed somebody real quick, and I see what, what, what the difference is. Now, if you cut them pre-June 1st, which they're not going to do. That's why right. I, it's not relevant. Then you have, uh, you lose 14, 15 million in cap space. If you cut them post-June 1st, you gain one and a half million. But retirement's different. And I got to figure out um, how that affects it uh, because I think that helps the Eagles, the, the retirement. I, as do I, but not, yeah, but- it, it doesn't just disappear. You you can't make it wave of magic. Or no, no, no. It doesn't. It but I, I do think it changes uh, the complexion. And that's I just emailed uh, a contract guy and hopefully he'll get back to me. But don't have it right now. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Chris Franklin, what is the next <laughs> step for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, they probably still have a spot on their staff or two. They've still got to work out. Um, but I think the staff is close to being set. Uh, we got to wait for the uh, combine before we start to look at the guys that uh, the Eagles position. Eagles are going to have to. Oh, here's a question I want to ask you. Here's one that John and I, the parents, fight again. Um, Johnny, <laughs> Mac is, Johnny Mac is all but guaranteed that the Eagles are taking a right tackle with their, or just a tackle. I got to give him. No, I'm playing the right odds. Left side. No, I didn't He's playing the it. odds. They're taking a tackle. I'm taking all others other than um, if uh, you had to make the call and yeah, I'd have to give John a little, uh, some odds here that uh, I, I'm getting the wider field. He's getting the very narrow field. Um, what position do you think the Eagles will be using? And no, this is a completely unfair question because 97 things can happen between now and the day one of the NFL draft. What do you think position the Eagles most likely going to select? Come round one in the NFL draft. Well, I had them taking Lamarius Mims out of Georgia because I thought he's a tackle, tackle going at. But given that the news that just happened yesterday, knowing that you have a big like depth problem at edge rusher, if you really do trade him, which I don't, but just in case, even beyond this in the future, 
I think you start looking at uh, edge rushers. I really do. Well, here's, now here's here was my thought process. And if you look at Daniel Jeremiah's early top 50, um, and the Eagles started 22, I, there's a lot of caveats to this. I said, if the Eagles stay at 22, which we know how he can move up, can move down, but if they're forced to stay at 22, I think Daniel had eight tackles between number nine, who was Joe Alt, and I think Mims, who was like 17th or 18th. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, there ain't 21 teams. Stay, uh, that, there's no way eight tackles are going to go before 2022. So a really good player is going to get pushed down the board. And that's sort of how the Eagles work. They'll say tremendous value. You got to think about the future with Lane Johnson. So I think it makes sense because there's so many tackles in this at the top of this draft, whereas there's not as many corners. They need a corner, obviously need a corner, but there aren't many. So everybody else takes corners. There's like three, four, potentially you're out of luck. SOL. Same thing with edge rushers. There's not as many. Yeah, they'll need an edge rusher with it. But if nobody's there, you got to take the right player, right? You got to take the, the the best player. And see, part of me is, and one thing that I'm really looking at, I probably, because I really like Latu out of UCLA. I think if, and you're going to need to trade up to get him. I'm, I know you have a lot of needs here on this team, and you got four picks in the top 100, or at least projected with that third round pick from Hargrave Compensatory. I'm looking at moving up. I may be dangling that the third and first. He wants to take it so I can move up a couple spots to go ahead and grab like not to. If not, if Mims is going, and now why am I blanking on the other guy that was from uh, the other big tackle? I'm Guyton, Tyler, yeah, and that's that's and and Lane's been mentoring him. Lane's been mentoring him. Yeah. So if he's already he's going, got a little Stoutland teaching. Involved. Yeah, he's got that. If yeah. he's going that one too, I might be trained back and taking Chop Robinson, the edge rusher. I'm yeah. looking at a guy like that. So, yeah, Reddick would change everything if they if they do move Reddick. Obviously, they're going to have to. Whether it's free agency, they're going to have to find a more proven commodity. But um, and no right now, yeah. yeah. But give it right Although, now. Give the trade stuff. At the trade cap hit and everything else, I think it's more likely it's going to be a tackle, though. And you got to do what you got to do. And I think that Howie has uh, proven over the years that he certainly acknowledges that. But three years, four first round draft picks, all of them on the defensive line, that doesn't look good. If you keep swinging for the set and you got to go back there again, you've taken three defensive linemen in the first round over the last two years and you got to go there again. He will, because if it's necessary and Hassan Reddick's situation unfolded the way it did, he'll do it. But it just, it sounds like, what the hell? Why can't you get yourself a defensive lineman in the draft? And they're going to be banking heavily on Nolan. They got one last year with Jalen Carter. Uh, Inside, though. At C. Franklin News, we speaking of Jalen Carter, uh, last one, NJ.com, make sure uh, you follow Chris, does a tremendous job. Um, Butcher Cox, man, he was on Cam Hayward's <laughs> show. Where, where's Fletch? Is Fletch coming back? I, well, I, thought, I thought you're going another direction with the Fletch stuff because I saw what he posted on Instagram. Yeah, well, I was like, oh yeah, my he, I, I think that was a positive because he, 
unlike Jason Kelsey, as Jody pointed out, Jason Kelsey's distancing himself. No more we. It was the oh. Eagles. Fletcher Cox was sort of like on Instagram saying, keep the Eagles out of your mouth, Debo. <laughs> he's things. talking like he's still an Eagle. So there chance Fletcher's back. See, I don't know. In, in the same way, like, and don't talk both sides of my mouth here, but listen to the way Jordan Davis did and how yeah, Jordan, Jordan was like, he's gone. Getting. Yeah, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. I, I Man, think... the teammates are just throwing their teammates under the bus. <laughs> Mylotta, see you, Jason. Nice knowing you, big guy. Uh, Fletcher, good job, bud. Enjoy retirement. What the hell? Why can't the Eagle guys try and suck their teammates back in rather than wish them well in the rest of their lives? Well, Jordan, Jordan Mylotta, you know, because of his personality, might have been trolling a little bit. But Jordan Davis, yeah, as Chris pointed out, he was, um, he was. Yeah, he was he, he he was upset, you know, thinking about it, emotional. Very because he's you know been his mentor. So did he yeah, buy maybe him, that carries did he buy him cruise tickets so he can enjoy retirement, so he can take a cruise around the world. I don't I don't know if don't he wants retire. to retire, but I think, I think he wants he wants another eight figure contract. And boy, you, you, if you're the Eagles and you have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and Milt Williams. At some point, you got to play those guys, and you got to build on those guys. As good as Fletcher was, and I thought Fletcher had a good season. Sometimes you got to turn the page. Yeah, the last thing they want to do is be in twenty seventeen mode all over, twenty eighteen mode all over again, where you paid a lot of these guys based on sentimental value, and yeah. we saw what happened on that. But yeah, I think I think Fletcher wants to play another year. I truly do. And when you look at it, I just don't know. Like if if he's commanding, he'll probably he may get it too. Like he's another ten, like ten million dollars or whatever. I don't think it's going to be here. I think it's going to be somewhere else. Yeah, Kansas Mark, City. Mark, mark my words. Hassan Reddick will get closer mm. to the top of the market than Fletcher Coxwell. Fletcher. Oh and, yeah. And Fletcher Ooh. had a really good year last but, year. But Fletcher deserves well. another ten million dollar contract. Yeah, so Hassan's going to be ten way. million fall into the defensive tackle market. No, but it's a lot for a thirty-four yeah. year old defensive tackle. That's a lot. And and when you have three other good ones, I don't know if you can afford that again. That's my estimation. Plus, you want Carter playing more, and you want Davis playing more, and even Melton Williams, you want him playing more. So they have good players. Unlike Edge Rusher, they have good players ready to take over. Agreed. Agreed on that. Chris Franklin, thank you very much for coming on with us. You know we love having you. And we'll talk to you again, if not next week. Thanks, buddy. Hey, this is our 700th uh, show, and you're a part of it, Chris Franklin. I'd like to thank you guys very much for the opportunity. Um, I'd like to thank you guys. It's a great show to be on. And, uh, no, no, I'm serious. Congratulations to you guys. You guys, did great, you guys do great stuff. And I hope, I hope all the, view, other viewers see the, the work you guys put in. It's really good stuff. And I thank you very much for letting me be a part of it. Oh, you sh- you right. should be honored. Now go down to Wawa and see if they give you a discount because you were on the seventh hundred. Yes, Blackbird Street. They're gonna go. Right. Excuse me, dollar ninety nine. Do me a coffee. favor. Small coffee, dollar ninety nine. Yeah, well, uh, you stop now. <laughs> before you do that, make sure it's free coffee day, uh, be, and and then pretend. It's the only, <laughs> only way you're getting a discount if it's free coffee day. Uh, good stuff. So yeah, thanks, bud. Thanks, Thank you bud. guys. Appreciate it. Follow ChrisNJ.com. Uh, following the birds day in and day out. All right, McMullen, McDonald coming back. We're early late. We will put a bow on the show, though. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Maga Mac last couple minutes here on Birds 365, show number 700, almost in the book. Uh, we'll start another 100 tomorrow, and it will get us through the offseason to the Eagles. Attempt to thwart, can can we get an Eagles Kansas City Chiefs rematch? Can they be the team that denies the Kansas City Chiefs a chance to three peat Johnny match? Yeah, why not? You make a bunch of good decisions in the offseason. I, I don't think, you know. This is a league defined by parity, which is kind of what sets the great teams like Kansas City apart because everybody else has up years and down years. But San Francisco has been pretty solid, except when they've had significant injury issues. They just end in championship games or lose in the big game. 
Yeah, the Eagles can get back, but they got to make a lot of good decisions. And we've been talking about them. Reddick, Kelsey, Cox, there's so many decisions they have to make with veteran players. Um, they're going to have to make some difficult decisions. Not everybody's going to get back. And more than that, we're going to start talking about the draft. They got to start hitting on draft picks that play immediately. And if they have to live through some growing pains and get them ready for the second half of the season, remember the Eagles beat Kansas city and they went straight down and Kansas city got better and better and better. And one thing I, I know we got to go, but we were late because of my technical difficulties. Andy Reid said he texted Antonio Pierce when they lost to the Raiders. Uh, I don't know if you saw that late in the season. And he said, thank you, because they beat him up physically. Oh, they, they dominated him yeah. that day. Raiders kicked their ass. And, and, and he thanked Antonio Pierce. And he said, sometimes you get complacent in this industry. And I think the Eagles got complacent. That, to me, we've all been looking for reasons why the Eagles fell. I think they got complacent. I think, as usual, Andy Reid, he wasn't talking about the Eagles. He was talking about his team. You can get complacent really, really quick. I think that happens to the Eagles. And if they use it correctly, make a bunch of good decisions, get some rookies involved, anything, anything can happen. As of today, it is officially Howie season. Because it's all going to be about the players, uh, draft picks, free agents, everything. Son Reddick wanting to be dealt. Oh, yeah, it officially becomes Howie season. And we'll be back to talk more Howie season tomorrow. You in for manana, Johnny Mac? Yeah, I'm in. 701. 701. 701. Start the next 700 uh, manana. That would be McMullen and McDonald back here on Birds 365 and 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.